Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, perhaps you know what it's like to be near a construction site. Perhaps you've had a renovation done on your home. Or perhaps you have worked or do work in construction. Or perhaps you were involved in the building of this beautiful building that the Lord has blessed us with. And you know, or you can imagine, that a construction site can be very messy and noisy and dirty. Sawdust is one thing, but once the masons start with their stone cutters, the dust gets everywhere, and it's very, very noisy. The last thing you want is to be woken up early in the morning with construction people working on your house or nearby. Messy and noisy and dirty, that's what a construction site often is. And that's also true of the greatest construction project in the history of the universe, which is the church of God. As God builds his Catholic church from the beginning of the world to its end, it's a very messy, noisy, and sometimes a dirty construction site that this happens on. Now, this afternoon, we come to that line in the creed, I believe a holy Catholic Christian church. And we sang about that holy Catholic Christian church in Psalm 48, just moments ago. When the Bible in the Old Testament speaks about Zion, the city of God, it is a picture of the church of God. And when a glorious king lives in a dwelling place, then that dwelling place, that habitation, that home, will reflect his majesty and his glory. And so the psalm the psalmist calls us to sing as we walk about Zion and see the, the, the battlements and the towers. The psalmist calls us to give glory to the one who lives in the midst of her. This morning we sang Psalm 46 in morning worship, and Psalm 46 proclaims that same truth, that God dwells in the midst of his people in Zion. And these are all Old Testament pictures of the church. And when we get to the New Testament, the Holy Spirit tells us, for instance, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, that you yourselves, believers, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Remember, perhaps, one of the first sermons that we had in this building, a building for the building of a building. God is doing a work of construction also in this church building every Sunday. And he's building us together as living stones on that great cornerstone, which is Christ Jesus. Paul says this to the Corinthians. For we are the temple of the living God. And as a holy temple of God, we are a work in progress. And we are a work in progress on the greatest and most glorious construction project in the history of the universe. That's what the church is. Now, because the church is a work in progress, it is an article of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. 
We're in Lord's Day 21 here. We're going through the creed still. We're dealing with that phrase, I believe, a holy Catholic Christian church. And notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, I believe in a holy Catholic Christian church. Because we don't believe in the church. We believe in God. We believe in the Father. We believe in the Son. We believe in the Spirit. But we don't believe in the church. Our faith is not in the church. Our faith is not in doctrine and practices and customs of the church. Our faith is in Christ. And when our faith is in Christ, then we delight to embrace and love and value what is his great cosmic building project. It's important to him, and it's important to us. And so we love the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the building of Christ, the temple of the spirit of Christ. And it is a holy church, we confess from Scripture. Holy means set aside, set apart, totally dedicated for one goal and one goal alone, the the service and the worship of God. That's what holy means. It can only be used and directed to the worship of God. It's all about God. That's what the church is about, not about us. And we confess here the Son of God. Out of the whole human race, from the beginning of the world to its end, gathers, defends, and preserves for who? For himself. Jesus is the one who gathers and defends and preserves the church. Jesus is the one who builds the church. And Jesus is the one for whom the church is built. It's not our project. It's not about us and about our wants and our desires and our preferences and our needs, but everything is for him. Everything points to him. Everything worships him. That's what it means to be a holy church. And it's a Catholic church. Now, the word Catholic comes from a Greek word, katholikos, which can mean extension in space. It means from the whole world, but it also is used in ancient Greek, to refer to extension in time from all of history. And there are those two aspects to the Catholicity of the church. It is the church from every time and from every place. And we confess that, that biblical teaching, we confess in the words of the Catechism, that out of the whole human race, from the beginning of the world to its end, there's the Catholicity of the church right there. From every place and from every time. God is gathering together believers, living stones to be built on that cornerstone, which is Christ Jesus. So who is a Catholic here? All of us who believe. We're Catholics. We often misuse the word to refer to people that are part of the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church is a name which doesn't make sense. To say Roman Catholic is to to speak, for instance, of of dry water or cold fire. It's an oxymoron. It doesn't work. 
Because Catholic means from every time and place. Roman means connected to the city of Rome, which is not all over the world. The city of Rome is in one geographical location. And it has not existed from the beginning of time to the end of time. So Roman Catholic is not a name which makes a lot of sense. And the word Catholic we ought not to leave to the followers of the Pope. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and are part of his church-gathering work, then you are a true Catholic. You're a Christian, and a Christian belongs to the church Catholic. Sometimes when pastors visit people in hospital, and, and you can see on their chart that they've been asked, sometimes they used to do it more often, what your religion is, and sometimes when you visit Canadian Reformed people in the hospital, you see on the chart that they've answered the question, Canadian Reformed, which always makes me wince a little bit, because Canadian Reformed is not a religion. It's a denomination, or it's a, it's a group, a federation of churches. What is our religion? Christian, that's what our religion is. We belong to the church, the Christian church, the church Catholic. And what unites that church is the true faith. Look at what we confess here. In the unity of the true faith. Everyone who has true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is part of that Catholic church and is my brother and is my sister. Everyone who bows the knee to Christ, everyone who confesses with their tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, everyone who has a a real heart with real faith is part of the church, belongs to Christ, and is a brother and a sister. Now Paul, in Ephesians 2, he speaks about that glorious change which happened when the Lord Jesus Christ came and suffered and died and rose. Because the people that used to be on the outside of the church gathering work of Christ, those who were far off, those who were not part of God's people in the Old Testament time, they have been brought near through the work of Christ. And if you turn to Ephesians 2, 14... You'll see that he speaks about that the Lord Jesus has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Because being part of the church of God, being part of God's people, used to be just for the Jews and for the very few people that became proselytes. But when the Lord Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and poured out the Spirit on the church, he told the church to go into all the world. Everybody now can be part of this glorious church gathering work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every nation, every language, every tribe, every ethnicity. Look at verse 20 to 22. This is who the church is, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That's the glory of the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. That even though we're not Jews, we're not Israelites, we get to be part of this work. We get to be part of this building project. And even though many of us come from a 
a Dutch background, a Dutch-Canadian background. Thankfully, we get a little taste in some of our brothers and sisters here of that Catholicity of Christ's church gathering work. We have Filipinos and Quebecois and Dutch and South Asian and Haitian and German and Australian and Brazilian and South African brothers and sisters gathered together in the unity of the true faith. That's the Catholicity of the church being tasted right there, even in this congregation. And it's all in him. And it's all on him. And it's all through him. And it's all by him. And it's all for him. It's all about Christ. And that's why it is a holy Catholic Christian church. It's the holy Catholic church of Christ. It's his work, not ours. It's he who gathers, defends, and preserves. It's not you, and it's not me. It's not our tastes. It's not our plans. It's not our hang-ups. It's not our preferences. It's not our wants and desires. It is not we who gather, defend, or preserve the church. But it is a sovereign work of the Lord of the universe. And it is a plan that has been established since all eternity. And he really doesn't need us to suggest improvements or changes. He sovereignly chose this church to everlasting life. He sovereignly bought her with his blood. He sovereignly poured out his spirit upon her on Pentecost. And he sovereignly sends out his word into all the world to gather her from among all the nations. It's all the work of Christ. So where can you find the church? Well, you find it where Christ is present. Where Christ is present with his word and his spirit. That's where the church is. Where the word is faithfully preached in the power of the spirit. Where the word is faithfully pictured in the sacraments in the power of the spirit. Where the word defines what is sung and what is prayed in the power of the spirit. That's where you find the church. That's where you find Christ in this world. But when we look at the church, here and now, what do we see? Do we see her holy, perfectly holy? Or do we see her beset with sin? Do we see her Catholic? In the unity of the true faith, or do we see her by schisms rent asunder and divided into all kinds of groupings uh, by preference or by ethnicity? And do we see her as Christian? Or do we see her by heresies distressed, building so often on human ideas and seeking the glory of man rather than building on Christ, the cornerstone, and seeking his glory? Well, we certainly don't see the holy Catholic Christian church in all her perfect and eternal glory. We don't see her as the perfect holy bride of Christ, the, the heavenly Jerusalem, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's not what we see. And that's why this is an article of faith. We believe the church. We don't see her yet the way she's supposed to be. But we believe. 
We believe that Christ is working, that this is a work in progress, and she is not yet perfect. And you want to know how we know that she's not yet perfect? We look in the mirror. We look in the mirror. And we know that the church is not yet perfect. And yet, I believe that I am and forever shall remain a living member of it. What does that mean? That means that for God to bring the church to where he says the church ought to be, for God to make the church what he says the church ought to be, God still has work to do in my life and in your life. My membership in the church is one of the reasons that she isn't finished yet and perfect yet. This world, this preparation for eternity. And we are part of a massive construction site. We're being shaped and formed and prepared for heavenly glory. We're being sculpted and sanded and chiseled and polished to fit into that glorious cosmic cathedral in which God will dwell forever. Now there's something about this process which is fascinating in the light of what happened with the the temple that was built in 1 Kings chapter 6. And if you turn there for a second, 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 7, you'll notice something very interesting about the building of Solomon's temple. 1 Kings 6, verse 7, where the house was built, it was with stone prepared at the quarry, so that neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron was heard in the house while it was being built. So the construction site for preparing the materials was separate from the actual building site itself. And so the noise and the mess and the dirt was in the quarry and in the construction site, but the building site was neat, clean, tidy, and peaceful. Well, how can we apply that to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in building his church today? Well, we are in the quarry. We are on the building site, the construction site, where the building materials are being formed and prepared and shaped and tested to fit together, and it is noisy and it is messy and it is dirty, and the master mason wants to fit us together into a soaring arch or a towering majestic column, but there are bumps and defects that get in the way. They need to be removed, and sometimes he has to use the hammer of providence and the chisel of affliction to prepare us for glory. And it's when we're ready, when we're perfectly formed and prepared for eternal glory, then we are lifted up and given our place in the heavenly temple city. Now, some of us are ready earlier than others. Sometimes, and it's happened recently, we have little brothers and sisters who are taken into heaven before they are born because they're ready. They're ready for glory. They're perfectly prepared to take their place. There, in eternal glory, there's no sound of hammering and no painful experiences as living stones are sculpted and molded and, and shaped because there, all is perfect and ordered 
and peaceful. Child of God, the master builder has chosen you. You are part of a church chosen to everlasting life. You're here because he called you. You're here because he set his love on you from all eternity. You're here because he has chosen you to fit in to that glorious eternal temple of the living God, to take your place as a living stone cemented together with other living stones with the cement of faith, hope, and love. God is working on you. That's what your whole life is about. And he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. There is the grand opening of the building when it's all finished. And that day is coming closer every day. He will finish what he has started. And what he has started is already glorious in all its imperfection, in all its, its beginningness. We see it taking shape. We see it coming together. And already, just like when this building was coming together, we could already kind of get an idea of what it was going to be like. So with the church of God, we can walk around Zion's citadels. We can count her towers and crenelles. We can see her walls, her strong foundations. And we can pass on love and zeal for the church to the coming generations. That's what life is all about. This is what we get to be a part of. And it's just getting better all the time. Because he will finish what he has started for you. And he will finish what he has started for the church Catholic. The, the day is coming when the very last living stone is sculpted and shaped and ready and in position and the building project is complete. And then the new Jerusalem will come down from heaven. And heaven and earth will be united. And all the broken bits, all the chiseled off bits, all the ugly construction mess will be cleared away. And the mother of all building projects will be finished. There it will be. The soaring, majestic, glorious Mount Zion, the temple city, the habitation of God. And then we will no longer believe the church. We will see her. Our faith will become sight. Now I believe a holy Catholic Christian church. Then I will see her. And I saw, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Amen.